Welcome back. The topic for episode 19 of the Violence Design Lab podcast comes to us from a listener in the UK who wanted to know my approach to incorporating the story elements of a script into the fight choreography that I eventually give to the actors. It's a great question, and it's nice to focus in on a smaller scale after a few large concept episodes like my series on melees. So Phil, this one's for you. Out swords and to work with all. Welcome to the Violence Design Lab podcast. Now here's the mad scientist himself, David Barefoot. Greetings, David here. Thanks for tuning in. I've been staging fights and violence for professional theater since 1992. I've even been worth the money since 96 or so. Now if you're just joining the podcast, think of me as your personal violence design coach. I'm here to use my 25 years of experience to encourage you to enter the world of stage combat, to coach you towards choreographing better fights, and to train you to tackle the challenges of theatrical violence design. My website is at violencedesignlab.com, and you can learn about me there, get show notes, past episodes, and other information as well. This podcast is entirely supported by the generosity of you, the listeners. You'll notice there are no ads or corporate sponsorship. If you want to go the extra mile to support the show, go to patreon.com slash violencedesignlab and pledge a couple of dollars a month to keep the podcast going. Each level of support has its reward, including transcripts of the regular episodes and a full uncut video footage of my interview episodes. I really appreciate all your support. Now, I often talk about big-picture, high-level design concepts related to stage combat or HEMA or staging violence. Now, I love theory. I mean, that's why I talk about it so much. And fluffy, artsy stuff is great if you're at a place where you need a higher-level perspective to make your choreography go beyond simply stringing moves together. But what if you're moving from a martial arts background where your fights were competitive or from an acting background where you only performed other people's choreography? You might need some advice that's a little more small scale, a little more detail focused. So today, I'm putting on my choreographer hat. I know, I mostly style myself as a violence designer, but at the end of the day, I do choreograph fights. In fact, it's a large part of my job, just not all of it. I'm going to be talking today about the crunch and fluff of choreography, the scripted crunch of what must be in the fights, and the artistic fluff that can be in it. So if you choreograph fights for a class or an exhibition or for fun but without a pre-written script, your options, your artistic canvas, if you will, are wide open. You can create anything you like, limited only by your available weapons and your athletic skill. The world is your oyster. But violence in a play script or a screenplay, however, does not happen in a vacuum. It's not a blank canvas. There is highly specific work it must do in the script and certain elements that must be included. This is the place to start planning your choreography with what I call the essential elements. There's only one trick to understanding the simple essential elements. They have to be essential, meaning that if they're not there, the story of the play breaks down or certain lines of dialogue don't make sense. Every time anyone choreographs Romeo and Juliet, I guarantee you that Mercutio and Tybalt get into a fight, Romeo intervenes, and Mercutio gets mortally wounded. It doesn't matter if it's the designer's 12th time choreographing that show. It doesn't matter if the particular production sets the action in Renaissance Verona, South Africa during apartheid, or in the English Civil War. I promise you, Mercutio dies every time. And that's what I mean by essential. 
Now, be aware that individual productions can tinker with the essential elements as they appear in the original script. The most common way is through line cuts or wording changes. I mean, if the original script has a line, what's that sword for, just before the victim gets murdered, the director may elect to cut the line or change it to, what's that gun for, if the production is being set in a more modern era. But because those kinds of changes are unique to specific productions, we're going to keep our discussion more general and limit the discussion to finding the essential elements that are found from just the original text. So to find out what the essential elements of your project are, I read the script in a very particular way, as if I'm hearing it on the radio. That's right, and and no, it's not because I grew up listening to radio dramas. I'm not that old. It's because theater scripts are not self-contained works like novels or poetry. They only fully make sense when we watch them performed by actors. The story of a play is told by what characters say and what we watch them do. A script naturally includes all the words that the characters speak, but they also includes stage directions, which can include descriptions of essential elements, but often also include descriptions of a particular production, or what the playwright imagined the characters to look like, and and dozens of other things. As my friend and past directing colleague Jeremy Wexler has said, scripts are literary templates for a thousand possibilities in our minds. We need to winnow out which of the stage directions were the possibilities that other productions chose, and which are the ones required by the story itself. So, let's start with a fairly obvious essential element. Participants. Who's in this moment of violence you're designing? Now, scripts are usually quite clear about the characters who are directly involved. You know, Macduff kills Macbeth. Marjorie sprays Raoul in the eyes with a can of bug spray. Curly and Judd have a confrontation in the wedding scene, and Judd ends up with an acute case of knife poisoning. Well, But as you note those who are directly engaged in the conflict... Be sure to jot down everyone else that's on stage during the violence. You may want to involve them in the fight you ultimately design. Another element that is almost always essential is the outcome. Tybalt kills Mercutio. I mean, if he doesn't, the entire rest of the play would be unrecognizable from the standard text. But the outcome might include more than just who wins or who loses. In the fight in the Three Musketeers, where D'Artagnan and the Musketeers fight the Cardinal's guards, obviously the the Musketeers have to win. But there's at least one other essential element relating to outcome. D'Artagnan needs to impress the Musketeers sufficiently that they will accept him as one of them. Now this example reminds us that sometimes our essential elements are not spelled out explicitly in the stage directions or mentioned directly in the dialogue. Sometimes they are inferred by how personalities or relationships change after the conflict. And as designers, we need to pick up on those kind of clues so that we can tell a fight story that matches that. Weapons can be essential elements, too. In Act 5, Scene 2 of Hamlet, the queen drinks from a poison cup that Hamlet later uses to force Claudius to drink from as well. It would be hard to tell that story if Claudius injected the queen with a poison syringe or a hit of scorpion in Hamlet's doublet. That cup has to show up, no matter the time period or the setting of the production. It's essential. In Oklahoma, Judd describes a very specific weapon that he later buys. Let me read you a couple of the lines of dialogue when he's talking to Ali, the traveling merchant. Judd, got any frog stickers? Ali, you mean one of them long knives? What would you want with a thing like that? Judd, 
I don't know, kill a hog or a skunk. It's all the same, ain't it? I tell you what I'd like better than a frog sticker if you got one. Ever hear them things you call the little wonder? It's a thing you hold up to your eyes to see pictures. Only that ain't, that ain't all there is to it. Not quite. You see, it's got a little jigger on it, and you touch it, and out springs a sharp blade. Ollie, on a spring, eh? Judd, you say to a feller, look through this. And when he's looking, you snap out the blade. It's just above his chest, and bang, down you come. Okay, so my bad acting aside, Judd is talking about a stereoscope for viewing pictures that has a secret spring-loaded knife that pops out that'll help you assassinate someone. Now that is a seriously specific essential element. Yet, Ali happens to have one that he later sells to Will, who sells it to Judd, but often your essential weapons are going to be much less specific, such as sword references in a lot of Shakespeare plays. In those cases, you can pretty freely use a longsword or a rapier or a side sword as you like, but if you're going to give the character a glock, well, now you have to work things out with the text. Specific moves in your choreography can also be essential. Claire Luckman's play Trafford Tansy is a story about a woman who became a champion professional wrestler. The script frequently references her signature move called the Venus Flytrap. Now, in the big fight at the end, the ref calls the final round for Tansy, quote, by means of the Venus flytrap. Now, what the Venus flytrap looks like is still up to you, but it's essential that there be something identified as the Venus flytrap that shows up as the big move of that final round. My longtime fight partner Rick Gilbert and I have a kind of flip we call the mauler that was an essential element from, in fact, a different wrestling show. We made up the mauler based on what was implied in the text, and that move has been in our repertoire ever since. Now, many scripts, of course, will not call out named moves, but the dialogue may reference specific choreography that needs to be present in the fight. If a character complains, why did you twist my arm so hard? and you didn't include any kind of a joint lock or an armbar, it's going to be a little strange. Now, remember back at the start of the episode when I said to read a script like you were reading or listening to a radio show? Yeah, I want to go back to the Curly Judd fight in Oklahoma to show you why that's important. Okay, here are the stage directions for the fight. Judd pulls a knife and goes for Curly. Curly grabs his arm and succeeds in throwing him. Judd falls on his knife, groans, and lies still. Now, that seems to lay out some fairly specific moves, but are they essential? Well, if you listen to the dialogue after the fight, no one mentions anything specific other than Judd came at Curly with a knife. Curly doesn't even protest that Judd's death was an accident or or unintentional. So, in my opinion, the choreography in that stage direction is therefore not essential, which gives you a wide latitude on how you design this fight. And that brings me to a discussion of what can also be an essential element, tone. Fights can set or change the tone for a show, cluing the audience in on the kind of responses the fight is supposed to generate in them. A fight right at the beginning of the show can tell us by the tone of the fight whether we're in for a slapstick comedy or a brutal tragedy just by the nature of its choreography. Now, fights can also change the tone of a show, as they do in the musical West Side Story. The first act is, you know, lighthearted and has a lot of comic songs and a, a feeling that even though there are two rival gangs, it's all in good fun. But at the end of the first act, there is a sudden shift when Bernardo and Riff are killed. If the fight that you're designing needs to include that kind of significant shift, 
Well, then tone has become an essential element. Going back to our Oklahoma example, consider the difference in tone between Judd accidentally falling on his knife and Curly deliberately stabbing him to his death, possibly with repeated blows in full view of the assembled wedding guests. Then that hasty court convened to exonerate Curly suddenly takes on a much darker cast, or even a complete miscarriage of justice, rather than being simply a a way to eliminate the villain without throwing a wet blanket on the love story of the play. Now, it's important to remember that essential elements are essential to the production and not to the script. Two different productions of the same play will likely have many of the same essential elements, but almost certainly not all the same, since the tone of the fight determines at least one essential element that might differ between productions, and different theaters will almost certainly have different set designs or technical capabilities that might affect other elements that would normally be essential. Suppose your stage directions indicate that an attacker knocked out his victim and throws him in a bathtub, but your set places the tub off stage through a door out of audience view. You can't do that, and therefore, putting him in the tub can't be essential. Also, if the director and production team have agreed to alter the the play in some way, such as modifying or deleting dialogue, that can also change the elements that are essential. If they cut the one line, to make up a hypothetical example, they cut the one line that mentions the murderer's axe, well, then there doesn't necessarily need to be an axe. And these kind of changes become quite likely if the production has been set in a different time period or a setting that is different than the playwright originally intended. Those kinds of changes are very common with Shakespeare, but it does happen in other plays as well. Now, Before I go on, I want to say a word about changing a published script. Recently, there's been a couple of famous playwrights. I'm I'm thinking of David Mamet and the estate of Edward Albee, who've been in the press lately, pushing back against theaters who altered their plays as published. I want to remind you that a play under copyright is the property of the playwright. Technically, no one is permitted to change so much as a piece of punctuation or a stage direction without explicit permission. But I know I've told you in this episode that you must be ready to separate what is described in the stage directions from the essential elements, and I hold to that opinion, but understand that it might not be legally defensible. In theory, a playwright is within his or her legal right to shut down a show if, say, an actor whispers a line that had the stage direction shouting before it. Now, in practice, there is usually some amount of latitude, more with some playwrights than with others. If your playwright is alive and involved in the production, then you can simply ask them about anything you want to reinterpret or change. But if they aren't, then any change needs to be carefully considered. And anything but the most minor change probably needs to be cleared with the playwright or their estate. Now, in practice, I, as the violence designer do not feel I have the authority to alter lines, certainly without at least the director's approval. But I hold stage directions much less sacrosanct. As I alluded earlier, stage directions may be instructions directly from the playwright, but frequently they are descriptions of the fights that were staged in the first, or at least the most famous, production of the play before publication. Playwrights will also include descriptions of physical action to help readers of the script visualize the scene more clearly and to communicate the intended tone of what is happening between the lines 
But remember, these stage directions are for the readers of the script, not for the audience of the play. What the stage directions of a play do for readers, the visual elements of choreography, blocking, sound design, and so on, do for the audience. Now, keep in mind, some playwrights may have trouble separating their mental image of the choreography from the essential elements of their plays, but you need to be able to separate what is essential to the story, what is there to communicate tone for a reader, and when the playwright or publisher is trying to design the violence for you. Those first two I hold to very closely. The last I ignore completely. Now, once I establish what the essential elements in a story are, it stands to reason that everything else is not essential, and it can be manipulated for artistic effect. And this is the part of designing that I love. I like to crib a technique from Stanislavski's playbook and apply the magic what-if. Now, allowing your imagination to rest on the essential elements, but then take flight with other possibilities, it's just an amazing catalyst to your creativity. Let's look at the scene when Romeo breaks into Juliet's tomb and is accosted by Paris. We know that Romeo kills Paris, but there's no direct textual indication of how he does it. We also know Romeo calls for a mattock and a wrenching iron to open the tomb uh, from his servant Balthazar. So what if Romeo doesn't use a sword to slay Paris, but smacks him upside the head with a crowbar? Think about these kinds of possibilities as you choreograph. If you think of a cool idea that tells an interesting story, but there's a line or a stage direction that doesn't work with it, don't give up on your idea. The story is paramount. Maybe that line could be moved, cut, or, and this is often the best choice, what if the line means something different than the obvious reading? Keeping with our Romeo and Juliet example, Benvolio at one point is called upon to describe Tybalt's death to the prince, and he says of the fight that Romeo and, Juli- uh, Romeo and Tybalt, uh, to it they go like lightning, for ere I could draw to part them with stout Tybalt slain. Now, Benvolio has to say the, those words. They're in the script, and I've never actually seen them cut. But what if Benvolio is lying? What if the fight was a much more drawn-out affair in which Romeo triumphs in a way that doesn't kill Tybalt immediately? Imagine Tybalt disarmed, backed up against a wall at the point of Romeo's sword, but Romeo hesitates, not willing to kill his newly made cousin. Then Benvolio walks up, his hands red with Mercutio's blood, and smears some of the gore across Tybalt's face, reminding Romeo what Tybalt has done. And passion overwhelms uh, Romeo, and he runs Tybalt through, murdering him in cold blood to revenge his friend. When you look at that, all of the essential elements are followed. Tybalt kills Mercutio, Romeo kills Tybalt, then runs off, and Benvolio describes the fight to the prince, but we see a different side of Romeo, and we have a much different Benvolio than the helpless bystander he makes himself out to be. Now, I'm not saying you should make that kind of drastic departure without consulting your director, but what a cool take on a familiar story. By the way, if you happen to use this idea in some future production, I want to see video. Just remember that you, as a designer, get to decide, or at least contribute to deciding, what is essential and what is open for artistic interpretation. Of course, you have to keep in mind that many possible choices will significantly alter the tone of the scene or the characterizations that the actors are working on, or even affect other elements of the production. 
But if you can make a good case for changing something in the text or in other design elements in order to tell the story that you feel the production is trying to tell, bring it to the director. Discuss it. Tell interesting stories. Thanks again to Phil for bringing up the topic of how to incorporate story elements into choreography. If you have a topic suggestion or a question, please contact me through email at violencedesignlab at gmail.com or on the Contact Me section of my website, or as a comment on my Facebook page. And please, if you found this podcast useful, please let others know about it. Share it on your favorite social media platform, and then head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show and leave a review on the podcast page. I'd really appreciate it. Until next week, keep the fights on stage and peace in your life. David, out. Thanks for listening to the Violence Design Lab podcast. For more tips, tutorials, and downloadable resources, visit us at violencedesignlab.com.